Welcome to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. Please open your hearts to hear an anointed message that will encourage and empower you to walk in the love and light of God's Word. Beloved, on the heels of our last series, The Great Antichrist Delusion, we are going to move on to our new message entitled, The Great Falling Away. In Matthew 24, 10-13, Lord Jesus gave this dire prophecy that is being fulfilled in our very day. Then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end shall be saved. As the great Antichrist delusion continues to captivate the people of earth, and his false prophets beguile with their cunning and deceptive persuasions, salvation's legitimacy is being put to the test as the wheat is being separated from the tares. Part of the great Antichrist delusion brings with it the mindset that presents a casual and worldly picture of salvation. It is promoted as something that is cheaply gained and tailored to whatever man wants it to be. It becomes a source of what he hopes to gain by joining its ranks without any true recognition or devotion to the Lordship of Jesus the Christ, who alone can safeguard that salvation security or any understanding of how much it cost the Son of God to provide the escape from sin's death that every man and woman in their fallen nature has been destined to. It therefore allows man to stay practiced in his sins without any consequence or the need to die to self, so that Christ can live more fully in them. It also completely skips the need for repentance from those sins and the new birth miracle that alone will guarantee entrance into heaven with the Father. And as we consider these things, we must not ignore the somber words of Jesus that he spoke in Matthew chapter 7, and which go hand in hand with his warning in chapter 24 of Matthew. In Matthew seven thirteen to 23, it is written, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and many are those who enter by it. For the gate is small, and the way is narrow that leads to life, and few are those who find it. Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then, you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, 
and in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. In a compelling sermon given by David Wilkerson, who is now with the Lord, he passionately addresses this wicked lawlessness and the great falling away from truth that will befall multitudes who are beguiled into a false salvation security through the false teachers and prophets who propagate it. It is a strong reproof, but one that is much needed in this hour, for time is running out, and the eternal destiny of every man and woman hangs in the balance of their decision for God's eternal life truth or the enemy's deadly deceptions. He writes, Scripture informs us that before the Antichrist is revealed, there will be a mystery of lawlessness already at work. The one who is coming will appear after a furious activity of apostasy that will reach its heights after the rapture of the Lord's true church. Satan and all the powers of darkness will be setting the stage, and many who have built their house on sinking sand will be shipwrecked in their faith. The greatest concern, then, is not what those who name themselves Christian are falling into, but what they are falling away from. Multitudes, including pastors, deacons, and ministry people of all kinds, are losing their faith and confidence in the power of Jesus' name and are turning away from Christ as the answer to everything. They are falling away from a childlike faith in Him alone as the solution to all of life's problems, and instead are turning toward methods, toward psychology, toward human experience, and toward the philosophies and doctrines of men. In Second Timothy 4, 3-4, Paul the Apostle prophetically takes us to the day in which we now live. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires, and will turn away their ears from the truth, and will turn aside to myths. God's prophets foresaw this last great apostasy or falling away. Isaiah was given a message from God that not only dealt with Israel's backsliding in that day, but was also a foretelling of what is happening right now. In Isaiah 31-2, we read, Woe to the rebellious children, declares the Lord, who execute a plan, but not mine, and make an alliance, but not of my spirit in order to add sin to sin, who proceed down to Egypt without consulting me, to take refuge in the safety of Pharaoh and to seek shelter in the shadow of Egypt. And in verse 8, the Lord then instructs Isaiah to now go write it before them on a tablet and note it in a book, that it may be for a time to come forever and ever. The literal translation is, that it may be for future generations for the latter days. While being directly given to Israel, it is a message to all of God's people who are called by His name. And it is a message that God said would reach its ultimate realization in the very last days in which we now live. Why does God call them rebellious children? 
because they have committed the ultimate sin, causing him the utmost grief. Here is introduced a sin worse than adultery, worse than fornication or stealing or lying or hating one's brother. It is the ultimate sin of rebellion and unbelief leading to apostasy. God calls it a compounded sin, adding sin upon sin. It is a slap in God's face, the consummate, ultimate, most brazen sin possible. It is unbelief against His Word, whereby all other sins originate. And it is proceeding down to Egypt rather than consulting the Lord. This was directed to the leaders of Israel under Hezekiah, but also to the church of these latter days. Keep in mind that this is our grieved Lord, who is speaking when he declares, You now make your plans without consulting me. You are now in league with those who lean on the arm of flesh, and not the Holy Spirit. You are going back to the very thing I delivered you from, back to seeking help from what once caused you pain and bondage. In Isaiah 31.1, the Lord then puts an exclamation point behind his grief with another warning to his people. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help, who rely on horses and trust in chariots because they are many, and in horsemen because they are very strong. But they do not look to the Holy One of Israel, nor seek the Lord. It is important to remember that this is God's love for His people that is compelling Him to give such passionate and strong warning. His greatest grief is that He knows that His people will be harmed or even destroyed when they turn away from Him and seek instead the help of this world, which is no help at all and whose God is Lucifer. Look at the Laodicea Church of today. Look at its armies of trained experts. Look at its shepherds and workers. Where are most of them headed? Back to the wilderness, back to Egypt. Turning away from the reproach of the cross, away from the power of prayer, away from true faith, and away from the unadulterated word of God. Now they have all their counselors, their how-to books, they have modern methods, and they don't need the Lord to supply their needs, because they think that they are rich, wealthy, and in need of nothing. But they do not realize that they are wretched and miserable, poor, blind, and naked. They have experts to tell them how to raise money, how to write sermons, how to make appeals. They have seminars, training sessions, and more experts much of which incorporates the teachings of this world. While they are learning how to do things better, they are getting to know the Lord less. He is no longer the center of their endeavors, even though they do all these things in His name. The complacent and worldly church of today no longer operates in the power of the Holy Spirit to attract the lost. They instead go down to Egypt, borrow its music, its dancing, its entertainment, hoping for a crowd. No more passion for lost souls, just crowds. Church growth at any cost. Look at the average church bulletin. It looks like a theater calendar. The last day's church wants to ride the swift horses of Egypt, and it is a stench in God's nostrils. 
This apostate church wants nothing to do with the visions or prophecies of men of righteousness. They want no message that disturbs or upsets their successful world. And they cover their neglect of addressing sin's eternal death consequence with a pseudo-love that allows sin to continue without any need of repentance that leads unto eternal life through the shed blood of Jesus the Savior. God's holy judgment is coming down on these impostors as he rallies his holy remnant to contend even more earnestly for the truth that alone leads the lost to salvation's safety. For time is growing short. We are in the last prophetic minutes on God's end-time calendar, and his holy separation has begun. The wheat from the tares, the light from the darkness, and the truth from the false. Surely, beloved, we are in the midst of a fierce battle between the forces of light and darkness. But as we close for today, I want to leave you with a battle cry of light's victory. In the words of Jesus our Savior, as recorded in John ten twenty seven to 28 My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. For those of us who have been called and chosen, we are forever His. And on that note of glorious eternal life confidence, as always, beloved, I bid you His agape. You've been listening to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. If you have a prayer request, please contact us at Agape Light Ministries, P.O. Box 6313, Chesterfield, Missouri, 63006, or via our website, at www.agapelightministries.com. Again, that's www.agapelightministries.com.